There are about 50 million Alexa and Google Home devices being used in the U.S., and that number is expected to triple in the next two years. So how do we make sure smart speakers stay, well, smart? Well, that's the topic of today's show. Stay right here. This is Design Driven, the podcast about using design thinking to build great products and lasting companies. Whether you're running a startup or trying something new inside a Fortune 1000, the tools, methods, and insights we talk about will help you create things people love. Design Driven is brought to you by Nine Labs, guiding innovators and product teams through executing their vision. Find out more at NineLabs.com. And now, your host, Jay Cornelius. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm excited to have Philip Hunter on the show today. He has been working with uh, speech recognition, specifically with you know how do people use speech um, to in their products, and um, that led him to a career at Amazon, where he worked on the Alexa UX team. And so if you have an Alexa in your house and you talk to it, he was probably responsible for some of the stuff it says back to you and how well it understands you. So that's pretty cool. Now he is the VP of product at Pulse Labs, and they're doing all kinds of interesting work too. So uh, welcome to the show, Philip. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Jay. Glad to be here. It's uh, fun to be uh, talking about this. Um, I guess start out by telling us what you're doing at Pulse Labs. Yeah, so I joined Pulse Labs in uh, March of uh, 2018 uh, as VP of product. I actually got to know the the co-founders here at uh, as part of the Alexa Accelerator program uh, that TechStars runs here in Seattle uh, and uh, met them last year. And their mission, uh, something that had been on my mind, and uh, uh, so it was very intriguing to me, and I, I actually spent some time mentoring them. Basically, what we try to do is elevate the level of voice UX uh, that is uh, that is presented by the, by different voice applications and even the service providers themselves. So, anytime you interact with a, an Alexa skill or a Google Assistant action, uh, we want to be uh, part of the team responsible for making sure that that goes smoothly. And um, so, we provide assessment services and. Um, and, and then uh, obviously recommendations and, and uh, related things. So my role here is to really define uh, both what is what are the mechanisms platform-wise, software-wise that are, that are going to get us there and provide that ability and then also guide um, how we present that to our customers in a way that they can effectively improve uh, their apps and then make them great for their customers. Got it. So you're helping companies who are who maybe have an Alexa skill or, or want an Alexa skill figure out what it should do, how it should do it, um, and, and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And we work uh, we work with companies that are at that stage where they're exploring the space and understanding, um, you know, what what's their opportunity there, what what makes for a good voice experience, and what what doesn't, uh, which is a really important question as well. And uh, or people have uh, taken taken a leap and maybe they've deployed something uh, already on one or both of the platforms and they're looking for uh, some real world feedback. In other words, there's so so right now the platforms uh, give you some uh, access to metrics and, and things like that. So you can see some overall performance, but you don't really get a sense of what your customers are experiencing, what they need, what they would prefer to have, et cetera. And that's where we come in to uh to really give that deeper dive. Got it. So somebody's got, like, I, I don't know, I'll just 
make something up. Somebody's got uh, like a weather app or or something that tells you about upcoming TV schedules. And so mm-hmm. are you looking at the types of questions that people are asking the device and then figuring out how to better respond to them? Well, we evaluate. So, so it could be that early on where maybe they're in a prototyping stage and they want uh, you know, more direct feedback on the shape of their voice product. Um, and that, that's been a topic of conversation. Other times they've got a really clear idea of uh, the, where they want their product to go. Um, and they have taken a, a, a stab at rendering that. Um, and now they're looking for feedback on, is this effective? Could it be better? And it can, you know, it can range from the, the wording of the, the questions and responses that uh, Alexa or Google Assistant gives um, and or it can um, focus on uh, the flow through the experience. So, for example, one of the, the uh, Alexa skills we tested recently had to do with music education. And um, so teaching students how to identify uh, different uh, pieces of types of music and pieces of music, structures of music and things like that. And, and, um, and there are levels that the student can progress through. And as you can imagine, that's a, a fairly detailed set of interactions mm-hmm. and uh, there was a very positive response to it um, and we helped them iron out some some stumbling points that uh, people were having uh, interacting with those lessons and then uh, but the the overall response was we love this we just want it to be even smoother even um, and it just sort of you know it's a classic UX thing let people get uh, really deep into what they're doing and not so much what the interface is doing and, and, uh, and how it's structured. In other words, you know, everything we know classically about mental models and flow and all of that kind of thing, we, we, we focus deeper in it. And like with uh, other forms of UX, the recommendations and the fixes and the changes can take many, many forms uh, in the UI. We want to focus always on that core of experience. Yeah, so you're focusing on how to build something that enables people to stay focused on the task they're trying to accomplish, not how to use the tool. Exactly. And with voice applications, that's really key right now because uh, so many people are only vaguely familiar with uh, voice uh, devices and applications. And so, or they or they maybe haven't ex- experienced them at all, but they've seen things like Minority Report or Star Trek. And so they have right. this idea that that's how these things should work. And the truth is, uh, although this, there's a tremendous amount of technology involved in these products, uh, we're, we're just not near that uh, sense of sort of this magical entity that resides uh, behind a, 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 a box of flashing lights or presents, uh, you know, 3D uh 3D things in the air and so forth. And so, um, you know, we're not, we're not close to Jarvis yet, but, uh, but we still want to make sure that people uh, feel like they can be effective and feel like these, uh, these voice applications and voice services are doing what they want. Yeah. I'm glad you brought Jarvis up because that, at least in conversations I've had with, with clients, like they tend to think it's going to be like Jarvis or Hal, like Mm -hmm. that's what they want. Yeah. Because that's what they think can be reality because of science fiction, right? But we're still yeah. probably years away from that. Yeah, and, and there's a certain uh, there's a there's a worthwhile debate about whether we should even be pursuing something like that. It's it makes for a fantastic movie, right? You know, who doesn't like to to laugh at uh, the exchanges between uh, between uh, Iron Man and Jarvis? You know, when he's flying around and stuff. And so, but the but the reality is. 
you know, a lot of what makes a difference here is much more practical, is much more straightforward. And um, Jarvis, you know, it, the, the reason we, we focus on things like Jarvis uh, is, is frankly, it's, it's almost, it's sort of our fault rather than, than Hollywood's fault. It's, you know, we talk about speech recognition plus AI plus machine learning plus big data plus, mm -hmm. you know, in the cloud and all this kind of stuff. And so we're creating this, this, uh, you know, this, something that sounds like a recipe for Jarvis, right? Now we talk about VR and AR and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but to pull something off like Jarvis is just, you know, if you start, if you even just begin to work backwards from, from what's required there, you see that it's, it's uh, not only uh, near, uh, it's nearly impossible. And, 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 and then, like I said a minute ago, there's a question of even worth it, whether that's worthwhile or, or if we should even be thinking about it at this stage, you know, it's anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's interesting to think about it um, on kind of an individual use case, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, Iron Man talks to Jarvis, nobody else does. Right. So it can be very tailored to that one user, but you're trying to build yeah. something that could be used by hundreds, thousands, you know, millions of people. And to have something that can scale to that level is immensely yeah. difficult. Yeah. Well, and plus, uh, you know, very few of us need to summon uh, uh, Iron Man clone army uh, to our aid when we're, you know, fighting off monsters, aliens, and beings from other dimensions. And so, the, you know, the reality is, you know, the, all the rest of us are still, you know, making travel reservations or playing a game or uh, putting together a shopping list, or we want to know if we have the right clothes on for the weather, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And, and yeah. Supporting the those traffic things. report and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, and, yeah. and so some of the biggest successes right now with voice are, are yeah, relatively mundane when you describe it. Uh, but it's, it still requires um, uh, skill and, and a thoughtful approach to pull it off. Uh, yeah. Well, that is. So, so when you're talking with business people, um, clients or, you know, stakeholders within the client companies that you're working with, um, what do you see as some of the, the challenges that they think are, are right to solve with a voice UI versus what is actually right? And when I, I'm not talking about what's possible. I'm talking about what is the right application of voice. So yeah, what, do you, yeah. what, what kind of things do you see that, that are good and what things are maybe not a good uh, or not suitable for a voice UI? Yeah. So in no particular order, I'll, I'll throw out a few things. So one of the first things that, that uh, is helpful for them to get clear on is that voice is not just an alternate channel to mobile or web. In other words, if you've got, if you've got a product that lives online, digital product, if you've got a, a, an app version of that, um, it's voice is not just simply representing that in a different way. Uh, the, the medium of voice and what we use it for on a day-to-day -day basis is, is uh, quite unique. And it doesn't mean that it has to be a completely different set of features or functions. Um, but it does mean that you, you make some different choices about what that needs to do and what it looks like. And so the first step I, I recommend is treat your voice uh, application as its own product. So it doesn't mean that it, you're going to deviate from your core mission or anything, but but treat it as a as a as a, a fundamentally different way for people to interact with your business. Um, and then to unpack that, the second thing that I talk about is why why that is and what it is that voice is good for. And one of the one of the greatest things about using voice, and we do this all the time, is 
easy example is I walk into a room and I say, Alexa, turn on the living room. Um, or I can walk out of a room and I remember that I left the light on and I say, Alexa, turn off the bedroom. And so these are very spontaneous thoughts um, that I find them, I find value in doing them. Um, but it's not something where I go, uh, where I'm trying to have a, uh, a, a light switch experience, you know, so, so to let go of this idea that uh, every voice interaction has to feel like uh, opening an app, you know, like a splash screen and a menu and, a, and some branded elements. Uh, it's not to say that, that you can't have some of those, but just let go of those ideas uh, initially and, and focus on what it is that makes a pleasing, uh, efficient, uh, spontaneous experience. Um, now, some things are, are less, a little, you know, have a little bit more thought in, in them. Uh, so there's a, a great skill out there right now called Novel Effect, and uh, they were part of the Accelerator program last year as well. And they are they augment um, the, the, the reading experience. And so uh, you can, a parent can sit with their child and a book uh, and, and walk through uh, the reading of, or, or read a book to their child. And the skill will actually augment that reading experience with sound effects and music and, and things like that. And so that, of course, uh, would be a more intentional activity. But the idea there is that it's um, you're not trying to replace books. You're trying to say, what what makes a great addition to what you know, millions of families around the world already consider a good experience. Yeah. So it it sounds kind of analogous to the second screen that people were really hyped up about a few years ago. You know, you've already got your primary experience. Maybe you're watching a game and then on the second screen, you're looking at stats or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so like, you know, many of us do when we watch a movie at home, you know, we're pulling something up on our, on our phone to find out more about a particular actor or a, a movie that's related to it um and uh, and, and so the, that's that's one aspect is you know can uh, can can you offer something that augments something that's already there uh, there are also opportunities to take parts of the experience so imagine making travel plans uh in an app uh, but then using the skill uh, related to that app to just remind yourself of what's happening like you know tell me my for example, I'm going to Newark in a couple of weeks for a conference and, um, you know, maybe I'd like to remember, you know, I travel quite a bit and maybe I'd like to remember what, what hotel I'm staying at just to have it in my mind or when does my flight land in, in uh, JFK or something like that. And so it's these little tidbits of information that go along with the thing that I'm already engaged in. Um, but it's, it doesn't force me to, to interact with, um, the same sort of menuing and all of that kind of stuff where I don't have to look at my full itinerary to get one piece of information. So voice can be uh, this augmentation, not just of a direct experience, but also of a, of an overall um, set of activities that I, that I do as part of life. Yeah. And so that brings me to another thought around um, how you can use voice or how specifically how we would design some type of interface that's using voice for a multi-user environment. So it's mm. it's kind of difficult for mm-hmm. somebody to um, ask their you know voice device uh, about certain things when there's other people in the room or if there's multiple yeah. things happening, right? So how do we think about 
um, how people are what, like what's a suitable use case when it can only be one person interacting with the device at a time. Yeah. So that you're identifying a, a challenge that is being addressed even as we speak. Um, and there's, there's several different use cases to look at. Uh, you, know, you can look at it as a, uh, one person wants to get something done while there are other people uh, or even other noises just happening in, in the same space. And so how do you isolate uh, that? And Alexa uh, and Google both have done some work on that just in terms of hardware and trying to uh, focus um, their uh, drawing of the audio signal toward the uh, origination point for the, or of the uh, request. And so if someone yep. says Alexa, you know, the, the microphone array can focus on that. Now, you know, that has its, that's good. Um, but obviously if you're moving around the room, it doesn't necessarily uh, track you uh, that well. But that, but there's that one case of like, just, I want to like, I want to turn on the lights or I want to set a timer and like, um, you know, at home I'm cooking or, or you know, there's, we share the cooking. And so one of us might set a timer in the middle of us having a conversation. And generally that kind of stuff works fairly well. Um, another use case is uh, actually shared interaction. So um, uh, there, there are multiple companies that are exploring games on Alexa uh, and Google that um, where there's multiplayer action with the, 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 the device. And so there, there are several different ways that people are approaching that. Um, there's some um, ability on the platforms to uh, identify speakers individually. They have to pre-register for that though. So you have, you, it's harder to do that when you're just starting up a game. Um, and, and there's other things like uh, Amazon introduced the uh, physical buttons that go along with Alexa. So you could uh, basically signal to Alexa when it's, when it's your turn to talk so she can focus and, and align with uh, you know, the right player, player one, two, three, four, whatever. Um, in, but where the, there's still a lot of challenge is, you know, for example, trying to use Alexa in the middle of a party or something like that. It just right now, the technology identifies human speech. And what it sounds like in the middle of a party is one person with a thousand voices. And so it, it yeah, has a really not hard at, time. Yeah, it's not good yeah. at figuring out who's talking. Exactly. So like and, in our uh, house, the, the joke has come up, like somebody will say something to Alexa and they'll make some dumb request. Like one of the kids will say to Alexa, <laughs> Alexa, don't listen to her. Right. right, right. <laughs> Which it would be awesome if that was, if, if, if that could work, but it just doesn't. Yeah. Work. Yeah, exactly. So, and yeah, that, so that's, that's going to remain a, a big challenge for a while. Just to, and it, part of the reality there, and this extends to other problems is that we, even as people, we have a little bit of that problem. You know, we, we recognize, we learn to recognize voices, but sometimes we, we make mistakes there too about, you know, in a crowd who's actually calling our name or, uh, right. or saying something we should pay attention to. It's a tough, tough challenge. So knowing as much as you do and seeing a, a, a lot of the different types of, um, of apps and, and skills and things that are being deployed, what in your opinion is just an absolute no brainer? Like if a company doesn't have a skill or if they're not thinking about using a voice UI that they're probably going to like miss the boat. Like what's a good example of a business or some type of interaction that, that really is perfectly suited for voice. Mm. 
Well, one that has only begun to, uh, I think, be explored effectively is just is, is around television uh, or, and anything that, that comes through to, you know, our, our primary entertainment screen. And uh, Alexa recently re released the, uh, the Fire Cube uh, for TV, and that has Alexa built in. And it came came with some some controls there, but I think that there's a there's a lot of uh, interesting real estate still uh, uh, to be explored there. Um, you know, very, we all have probably seen the stats on you know, how much screen time and uh, people spend and between different screens, and um, and and so I think there's some some augmentation uh, in the TV space that that can be really interesting. Um, the other thing that I um, am surprised we haven't seen a whole lot of yet is uh, carryovers from uh, between different uh, channels. So right now, you know, it's fairly easy for me to do something online and, and then I can see the effects of that in my in a mobile app. Um, and we we don't have that as much yet and there's there's some reasons for that so let's let's take the financial use case uh financial apps so you know, I, I as you know most people who use technology frequently i do some banking uh on my laptop i do some banking through a mobile app on my phone um, i would love to be able to say you know alexa did that deposit clear or something like that um you know when i when i get paid for various things and so um, but there's some there there's some privacy concerns around that. You know, do you want to say that uh, when other people might be around? Does do does Alexa want to answer that when other people might be around? Or you have a guest um, over and they say, Alexa, what's my bank balance? <laughs> exactly, right, right. And so, so it's not so much I think that uh, these things are being ignored. It's just that there's some there's some things to to navigate, some concerns to navigate before. To, to make sure we're doing it in a way that people feel comfortable with. Um, you know, I, the, the technology space, as we all know, is a hotbed of creativity. And, and uh, I think, you know, if, if I were to point to um, uh, something I'd like to see change on a mass scale, it's just I want to see some deeper opportunities explored in the voice space. If you go look at the, the catalogs for Alexa Skills and Google Assistant Actions, there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of gimmies. There's a lot of uh, templates that are just being tweaked a little bit and thrown out there. Mm -hmm. And so I think it'll be interesting over the next year. And we're talking to some clients who are already you know, thinking more deeply and more expansively about uh, where to, to take the voice experience um, in, in directions, like I've mentioned, where, you know, I could simply say, you know, remind me what time the flight leaves and, oh, is traffic bad? Or, uh, you know, did that check from so-and-so? Uh, clear, et cetera. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm looking forward to is just you know moving beyond trivia trivia skills and and uh, um, and cat sounds and things like that. I mean, those are fun and they have their place, but uh, um, I, I, you know we want to see more utility and more uh, tangible benefit to to people. Yep. So speaking of like the, the, the utility and tangible benefits, what are you seeing the market asking for? Like, what are they wanting Alexa to do other than just better recognition of, of, of some things, but what are they wanting to do with these devices that um, is not yet currently in place? Yeah. So, um, so 
first going by uh, behavior. So the stats remain pretty consistent right now that uh, people use Alexa and Google for listening to music, listening to books, um, uh, doing smaller requests like weather, local movies, things like that. Um, and a lot of that has to do with, you know, this is, it's a little bit of a chicken and the egg conversation, you know, what, what's available uh, so people do it uh, because they, there's a need there versus what's not available and they don't even, so they don't even think about it. Um, but I do, so there are some, some things. Uh, so one is more of a tactical idea of let me, let me do multiple things in one utterance. So, uh, and, and Google has made some, some updates recently about this, but so for example, I might yeah, want to- This is to, like command chaining, right? Exactly. And, and sometimes, you know, they do have routines. Uh, both, both companies offer the, the concept of routines. You, so you have to, you can name something, uh, a routine, and it will do several steps. The problem with that is it, it com uh, comes back to our classic uh, uh, recognition over recall. I have to remember what I named that. I have to remember this routine now. There's nothing in front of me to say, you know, remember you named it uh, nighttime routine number 17, you know, and, right. and, 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 and you have to remember the contents of it. So you have a dual problem of, of uh, with that. So I would much rather, uh, you know, and I know that maybe I'm a data point of one here, but I, it, it's much easier for me to think about, you know, turn off the living room and the kitchen or um, turn off the uh, living room and lower the blinds. Um, and rather than, you know, trying to remember how, how did I set that up and which yeah, one living has, room setting uh, four, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and in, in my house, it's uh, turn on the stereo and play this station. Yeah. It, perfect example. Exactly. You know, and, 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 and set the volume to three or something like that to, you know, so, yep. um, that's that's one thing that I know is is in uh, high demand is just you know let me do several spontaneous thoughts at the same time instead of making me reinvoke you know rewake up Alexa and things like that and um, so that's one example another uh, example I I guess I would just go back to um, the the quick in and outs I and mean, one of the things that was beautiful about the mobile app explosion eight nine years ago is gosh, I didn't have to find my way back to my desk to do something simple and quick and, uh, or, or out and about. And, um, and so, so now just that general, you know, I, I have access to this uh, amazing technology just by saying a few words. So now I, I just, there's all kinds of things that I, I might say on a daily basis. And so another thing that, that Google introduced recently is a partnership with Starbucks where you can just say, you know, hey, Google, uh, tell Starbucks to have the usual ready. And all the other stuff is, is already mapped out. You know, like how far away are you from uh, Star Starbucks you usually go to and what do you usually get and how do you pay for it and all that kind of stuff. And that's an idea I talked about about 10 years ago as, as uh, one of the magic moments of, uh, you know, just cutting out all the extraneous things. We're so used these, uh, these days to things like opening an app or going to a URL and then clicking through navigation and stuff like that. We're so used to that, but all of that's really extraneous, right? It's just, it's, it's there because of the medium it's there because of the technology it's not there because we need it to be there as people. Right. And so 
being able to remove that. Uh, and I'll tell you, there's a, I, I, could, I can tell you a story, but there are times where it's the difference between a minute and a half and 10 seconds. And that, that you know, 70 or uh, that, that 80 second difference can feel like magic uh, because it, you, you just chop out all that other stuff that just isn't necessary. Yeah. And magic is a, uh, it's a really interesting concept when you start talking to companies about what's possible with, uh, not just voice, but with, with any kind of digital interface, I think specifically voice, because partially it's new, partially you can't see it, like you can't see it happening. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when you can tell a device, Hey, do this thing for me and it actually works, it feels like magic. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm curious, like, how far do we go before, um, you know, ha- asking Alexa or Google or whoever to do something for you feels more commonplace? And it's like, oh, yeah, that's normal. You just that's that's how things get done. Like like uh, like email or text message is so common. Yeah. How far are we from being able to just use voice interfaces with that level of, of comfort? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it, it's, of course, it's hard to, to predict anything related to time. Um, I, there's a couple of things that I know it'll, it'll feel like, or that will, will have, uh, that attitudes that will be commonplace to do that. One is, um, I have to know that it's going to work. It just like, we have so, you know, think of the times where you say something to someone or someone says something to you and, and then you go back and forth several times before it's clear. It gets really yep. frustrating really quickly. And we just don't, with a machine, we have even less tolerance for that because we figured that that technology must be so much smarter than all the rest of us. Whether that's a, a correct perception it doesn't make a difference. Uh, it's it's just that's just the perception that we have is that a company like Amazon has this you know tremendous amount of technological assets available to it. You know how can it has to fix this? Um, so just making sure it works is is one. Another one is um, um, things that are related to that take care of me. You know protect my information. Know that it's me. Uh, accurately um, keep me you know keep keep my information secure um, and don't do stupid stuff you know like that is another sort of related to that it's like don't you know, sometimes I'll ask for a light to get turned on off and, and uh, Alexa will say yes uh, or okay and, and it doesn't happen <laughs> it's like well I I can see that the light's still on so you're lying to me <laughs> so right um so, so just that basic, uh, some basic levels of trust have to, to be built and there's, there's, um, functional ways of doing that. And there's, there's feeling and emotional ways of doing that. Um, what do you and, see about like the, like there's a certain level of adoption that has to happen. It has to become commonplace and like in the mobile phone market, like it's iPhone and Android and you're one or the other. And yeah. you know, I've actually heard my kids say things like, Ugh. a green text. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. And it's just this weird, this weird cultural thing. And so we've got a little bit of that between all the different, you know, the the three major um, in-home voice tools, the Amazon, Google and and, and Apple. So do you think we need some kind of standardization around that where you can you can generally say the same thing to any device and it responds the same way or like what, what needs to happen before we get to the point where this is just a part of life? Yeah, I, I, well, I do. I, I think that standardization. Well, it, it's it's a it is a good thing to talk about in, in, in terms of what does the what is the general set of experiences that people want to have, um, aiming for those as standards. 
how an individual platform gets there, I think is is always up for debate. And certainly there remain you know, some significant differences between uh, Android and iPhone. Um, and, and people choose choose them for one reason or the other. Uh, sometimes it's price, but a lot of times it's other uh, uh, characteristics as well. And so I think that the, 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 the biggest thing is just to, that the, the, everyone who really wants to uh, reach this market in a significant way has to to say what what are the table stakes to get there and you know talked about privacy trust uh, knowing that it'll just work um, and I do think another one is is predictability um, so if I say something reasonably close to what the the specific platform command is is it should it should still work it should give me some flexibility give me some uh, accommodation for the fact that I may have used another platform and said, you know, those words uh, to this other platform. And so, but, you know, enable that to work. So it's not so much uh, standardization as I guess it is, is like, you know, flexibility, predictability. Um, and, and a big reason that this is so important is because you just don't have the screen-based discoverability that you do with uh, web and, and mobile. And we already have plenty of problems with that web mobile. We could still point to uh, to, uh, to uh, companies that aren't getting that, aren't doing that very well, and mm -hmm. that's just uh, amplified tremendously with voice. And so, focusing on predictability as um, as a core experience uh, feature, uh, I think is is the key to is one of the keys to to commonplace. In other words, so so think about it this way: if I if I uh, use Alexa at home and I walk and I go to a friend's house and, and they have a Google home or, or, a, or an Apple uh, device. I don't want to have to relearn, right? I don't want to have to carry around uh, things around three major operating systems. And so it's, you know, imagine if, uh, if Android didn't support swipe or if, if uh, iPhone hadn't introduced uh, Siri and we were, you know, we had assistant available on our Androids, but, when we tried to use an iPhone, there was nothing like that. So we, we, we just want that. Uh, I guess you can look at it some ways like automobiles and looking at the window at cars driving by. And, you know, if, if, uh, if every car did a steering wheel differently, um, or, you know, it'd be, it, uh, it would, it would wreak havoc on the industry. Um, but steering wheels are different. Uh, they're just not so different that, uh, you can't. Yeah. The like basic you know mechanics are the on. same. Yeah. In every car, right? You know where the pedals are. You know what the wheels are. You know what right. the turn signal does. Right. You know, like the basic mechanics right. are all there, but you might not know which button to push to uh, open the sunroof. Yeah, well, an acceleration, you know, it feels a little different depending on your car, and the, you know, the, maybe what how the how the uh, the responsiveness of the steering, and so you know, yeah, you might there's some some uh, add-on sorts of things that aren't core, like the sunroof uh, or where they you know how to open the gas cap. Um, that, okay, those are a little bit frustrating, but it doesn't make you feel like you can't operate the car. And that's what right. we're really, what we need to, to tackle first is everyone should feel who who's used one voice assistant should feel like they can use them all. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Well, um, I really appreciate you taking time to talk to us today. I know we're a little bit over our allotted time, so we can go ahead and wrap up. But um, if somebody wants to get in touch with you to learn more about what you're working on or just chat about things in general, what's the best way to reach out? Yeah, great. Um, so uh, first, let me say thank you very much for, for inviting me. This has been a lot of fun. And uh, I, 
is it's probably clear i could go on and on and on <laughs> to my well there's to, just so to much to talk about right work. oh absolutely absolutely yeah and and it's fun i i just i really enjoy it so um i'm happy to carry on the conversation on, on, on twitter at design out loud uh certainly reach out to me on facebook um and then uh, philip.hunter at pulselabs.ai uh, and philip has two l's in it uh so um yeah so i'm happy to 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 get in touch and uh one one of the things i do a lot is share resources about how people can get started or go deeper and so i'm happy to uh, point people in different directions if they want to reach out to me yeah your twitter feed's a good resource for stuff like that uh yeah, we've had a couple conversations there it's uh so if you guys want to anyone out there listening wants to learn more about how voice is, is um kind of evolving and, and what we need to be thinking about uh definitely recommend following philip and, and catching yeah, up. yeah thank you thank you very much Cool. Well, uh, we can wrap it up there again. Thanks for being on the show and, uh, we'll try to get you down to Atlanta for an event soon. That would be awesome. All right. Thanks a lot. All right, man. Take care. That's it for today. Design Driven is brought to you by Nine Labs, guiding innovators and product teams through executing their vision. Find out how they can help improve your digital products at NineLabs.com. Have comments, questions, or an idea you'd like us to cover? Point your browser to designdriven.biz and click Contact Us at the top of your screen. We'd love to hear from you. Tell your friends and colleagues about the Design Driven Pod. Post on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or send them an email and tell them to go to designdriven.biz or wherever they find their podcasts. Until next time, remember what Thomas Watson, founder of IBM, said. Good design is good business.